We're continuing our walk through the book of Romans. This morning we're in Romans 5. Um, Last week, um, Romans 4 was taken in one huge gulp. Romans 5 is going to be taken in bite-sized pieces. And uh, the first piece this morning is going to be titled, Not Only That. Not Only That. Um, The second piece is going to be titled, Much More Than. Much More Than. And then the third part of Romans chapter 5 is going to be entitled, Therefore. Don't you love when you see the word therefore in the scripture and you ask yourself, what am I there for? And so follow along with me in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore. (laughs) Oh, come on. Wasn't that clever how I segued into that? I mean, give me some credit up here. It's not, you know, the sun's not out. I don't have the sun shining on my face. I can really use some encouragement from the peanut gallery this morning. Thank you very much. Therefore, so you have to know what you're there for. So I need to remind you about some things we talked about in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, verses 1 to 8, speak about Abraham's righteousness apart from his works or apart from his deeds, apart from his flesh. Verses 9 to 12 talk about Abraham's righteousness apart from circumcision. You remember we discovered that he was circumcised hundreds of years before the law even became into effect. Verses 13 to 15 talk about Abraham's righteousness apart from the law, which was also given 430 years after God accounted to Abraham righteousness because of his faith. And then finally, Romans 4, 16 to 25 talk about the fact that Abraham's righteousness was accounted to him by faith. Therefore, you follow the therefore? Therefore, having been, oh, let's stop right there. I told you this was going to be bite-sized pieces. Is that past, present, or future tense? Past. Having been. Some translations translate it being as in it's still ongoing, but it's something that's already occurred. Now, I don't know about you, but very often when I'm visiting in churches, when I'm speaking on Sundays, when I'm sharing the gospel through Jewish eyes, and the pastor will ask, is there anybody who'd like to rededicate their life to the Lord? And people come down the aisle. I'll remember the last time I was at that church visiting, and the same person came down and rededicated their life to the Lord last year. And probably last month, and probably two years ago. My point being that people like that can literally wear out their rededicators, if you know what I mean, because they feel that they haven't been, that they have to be all over again. And Paul is writing here very clearly. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have, and there's some ancient translations here that say, Let us have. Or I might say, we should have. Peace with God. Through our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. Peace with God. And this is an eternal peace that Paul is talking about here. This is an absence of or an end to all strife and strivings. And dear ones, the only time you can ever have an absence of or an end to all strife and strivings is when you've come to a full knowledge of the Lord and you have peace in him because his peace is an all-encompassing peace. 
through our Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Oh, and I bet you thought that salvation was only something that happened in the past and that the gospel is something that got you saved, okay? But it really doesn't have anything to do with your quote-unquote sanctification. Don't you love those theological words? Justification, sanctification, illumination, supersessionism. Here's what I'm here to tell you. The good news of God is just as important now as it was the day you came to faith. The good news of God is the news in which we stand, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, and by which we are saved. We have access by faith into this grace. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to put a big check in the tzedakah box to have access to this grace. Access to the sanctuary, maybe, but not access to grace. I'm going to get you riled up because you didn't give me a warm welcome this morning. <laughs> Into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The glory of God. I'm remembering last week when we sang about let the weight of your glory fall on us. That's where our hope is. It's not in the fact I'm talking personally that I can speak easily in front of people. That's not my hope. It's not in the fact that, praise God, many people from all over the world support Tina and I in ministry, including this congregation. That's not my hope. My hope rests in God's glory. His heaviness, his weightiness, the understanding that he is what he is and there's nobody else who is what he is because if they were, they would be God and nobody else is God but my God. Amen? Amen. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. How many of you took time to rejoice this week? Two words for you, not enough. You know what rejoicing does? It shoves out of the way quetching. Oh, yeah. Because what happens is we quetch, we quetch, we quetch, we complain, we complain, we complain, we commiserate, we commiserate, we commiserate. And then we go, okay, I'm not going to commiserate anymore. And then the commiseration comes right back in. Because you have to replace what was there with something else. And what you replace it with is rejoicing. How many of you wake up in the morning sometimes in a bad mood? Oh, not everybody's telling the truth. <laughs> Here's what you do when you wake up in a bad mood. Find something to be rejoiceful for. And what happens is you take the bad mood and you put it in the compartment of, I'm not dealing with that today, and you replace it with, thank God for, you fill in the blank. We rejoice in hope in the glory of the Lord. And not only that, you were wondering where the message title came from, right? As if that's not enough. Not only that, and you're expecting some wonderful, beautiful, exalting, hallelujah verse to come after it. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. 
Wait a minute. I thought you just told me that we're supposed to set aside our worry about tribulations and replace it with praises to God. Yes, I did. You set aside your worry about the tribulations, but there will be trouble in this world. And so Paul writes this incredible piece of if-then, if-then, if-then causality that a lot of people, I think, have a problem with. So I'm going to read it to you as it's written, and then I'm going to explain it to you backwards. Oh, just follow along. We glory in tribulations, that is, afflictions or distress, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, that's patience and endurance, and perseverance character, that is trustworthiness, and it's not trustworthiness in ourselves, it's trustworthiness in him, and character, hope, hope. The desire of something good with the sure expectation of obtaining it. So let's go backwards. You can't have hope without character. You can't have character without perseverance. And you don't persevere unless there's something to persevere. Tribulation. So as I was preparing for this, during the week, last night, and again this morning, I got up kind of early and I said, there's a different way I need to do this to, to present what I want to present. And the Lord said, you need to do it in the shape of a testimony. So I want to tell you a story, a true story, a testimony, my testimony. It's actually not my testimony. It's a testimony of my wife and one of my children, Yael. When Yael was in the cooker about 17 weeks. <laughs> Tina was pregnant about 17 weeks. We got a frantic call from the doctor who said, uh, we need you to come down to the hospital right away. Uh, we need to do what's called a, we need to take out amniotic fluid. Now, how many here have the slightest idea what I'm talking about? There we go, okay. The womb, the baby is surrounded by a fluid. That's, fluid. that's called amniotic fluid. What happens is whatever's in the amniotic fluid is also in the mom and is also in the baby, okay? And what they do is they take a little needle, I'm not kidding, and they stick it into the mom's belly and they withdraw amniotic fluid. And from that amniotic fluid, they can tell a whole bunch of things. Well, apparently the last time they did that, and they do that, they did that systematically and, and regularly with Tina because she is what's called an RH negative sensitized blood type. And all of our children are positive blood types. So the problem is, if the two blood types mix, what happens is they produce antibodies. And the antibodies in the baby's blood type will fight the blood that's coming from the mother. That's called not good. So they decided that we needed to come down right away. They were going to draw another thing of amniotic fluid. And they were going to have a team of pediatric surgeons on site ready to do an intrauterine blood transfusion. That's scary. That's a tribulation. That's something that you can worry about. And so we went, okay. And he said, we're going to have to do this about every two weeks because when they drew the first blood thing out and they came back and I said, well, when's the surgery start? And he says, well, we're not going to do surgery. I said, why not? He said, well, the levels, which were extremely high, haven't gotten any higher. So we're going to have you come back in another two weeks, and we'll test it again. 
Okay. What do you think Tina and I did the moment we got home? Prayed. What else do you think we did? Can you please pray for Tina and Yael? Can you please pray for Tina and Yael? There were people all over the country, and I'm telling you all over the world, praying for Tina and our daughter Yael. So we go back in two weeks. Out comes the amniotic fluid. We're sitting there waiting. The team of pediatric surgeons is all sitting and waiting. Comes back, and the doctor says, okay, we'll see you in three weeks. Three weeks? Yeah, three weeks. Well, that's good, right? Yeah, that's good. Why three weeks? Well, the level of antibodies in the amniotic fluid has dropped. I said, well, how, does, how did that happen? I love when doctors say this. We don't know. So we came home. We got on the phone. Keep praying. Keep praying. And we prayed and prayed. We went back three weeks later. See you in a month. We went back three weeks, four, a month later. See you in a month. When Yael was born, there were no antibodies in her blood system. Now, here's the point. That's medically impossible. Antibodies don't just disappear. Anybody here a nurse or has been a nurse? I can get a testimony, a confirmation. Dr. Christine, is that part of your studying or no? Not really, okay. Huh? Well, that's going to help us. There we go. Okay. But, but here's my point. Once you've been through that, like we have, okay, my hope in God is steadfast. And the reason for that hope is because we trusted in the power of prayer. That was our character. And the reason we trusted in the power of prayer was because of our perseverance to pray through months of going down there and having the fluid drawn out, perseverance in praying, perseverance in making the trip, perseverance in knowing that God loved Yael even before she was born a whole lot more than Tina and I could ever love her for her entire life. And we had that perseverance. Why? Because it was necessitated by a time of trial. It was necessitated by a time of tribulation. So you can't have hope unless there was first character. And you can't have character unless there was first perseverance. And you don't need to persevere unless there's something to persevere over. So that's why Paul reverses the order and says that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope never fails. Hope never fails. So that, not only that, but so that the next time tribulation comes into my life, what do I have? Hope. Sure hope of the glory of God. Guess what? That tribulation came into our lives three and a half years ago when Tina was diagnosed with stage three cancer. Can anybody see her walking around today with a big smile on her phone taking pictures? Amen. And so what did we do with the tribulation? We prayed. What did we do with the prayer? We persevered. 
What do we do with the perseverance? We had the character to realize that even though she was going through chemo and even though she was going through radiation therapy, if God can heal my daughter miraculously, God can heal my wife of cancer because I have hope. Because I have hope. Now let me tell you what I'm not here to tell you. It doesn't always come out the way you want it. Because two and a half years after Yael was born, Tina miscarried a child. That's not supposed to happen, right? Parents are not supposed to lose children, either after birth or before birth. Oh, by the way, did you see in the internet, this is a rabbit trail, did you see in the internet, I think it was yesterday, one of the states in the Midwest, the state legislature, passed a law that abortion is illegal once you hear a fetal heartbeat. And oh, by the way, the heart starts beating before the woman knows she's pregnant. How about that? Not only that. <laughs> now, it still has to pass uh, the, the governor or all kind of stuff, but they're setting it up as a test case for the Supreme Court Roe versus Wade. So you can be praying for that. Tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character character hope and hope does not disappoint why because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us verse 6 for or because when we were still without strength that is when we were powerless when we had no ability in and of ourselves to reconcile ourselves with God remember Abraham wasn't justified by works when that was the case, in due time, that's another way of saying in God's timing, in due time, Messiah died for the ungodly. How many here were once ungodly? If not every one of your hands are up, you're liars. Because ungodly simply means without relationship with God. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Messiah died. Our hope, our strength, our power, our future, our weaknesses, our failures, our accomplishments, they are all or should be all to the glory of God because it's in the glory of God that we have hope. It's in the glory of God that we have certain and sure promises. It's in the glory of God that we can not only sing but say yes and amen to whatever the word says. Because the word wasn't written for a bunch of Israelites wandering in the desert 3,500 years ago. Or for a bunch of Messianics 2,000 years ago, 3,000 of them exactly, that all of a sudden became the body of Messiah. No, it's also for us. It's also for us. We hope in the glory of God. It is all about him.
One more thing as I close. I think I've shared this once before. When um, when Tina miscarried, it was devastating to us because as humble father and mother, we thought this could never happen to us. I mean, after all, we were perfect parents. Doesn't happen to perfect parents. Her OBGYN, his name, his name was Carrie, K-E-R-R-Y. The nurse on call in the emergency room who delivered the child, her name was Carrie, K-E-R-I. And so we said, you know what? We want to give this child a name. We actually saw the child in those little, I don't know, like kidney-shaped uh, metal pans. I don't know what they're called in the hospital. So what are they called, Joseph? Yes. About this big. Hands, fingers, toes, feet. Don't tell me that life doesn't begin at conception. Now, we weren't going to turn the child over. I mean, that's a little gross even for me. We couldn't tell if it was male or female, so we decided to name the child Carrie. I got home and I said, there's something about that name. Not just that it, it was his name, it was her name. There's something about that name. There's a very little used word in ancient Hebrew, kar, kufresh, kar. And what it is, is a sacrificial lamb. And if you put E on the end of a Hebrew word, it makes it first person possession, possessive, my sacrificial lamb. But here's the point. Our sacrifice was not carry. And if there's anybody here who's ever lost a child, or if there's anybody here who's ever lost a husband or a wife or a brother or someone before their time was up, here's what the sacrifice was. The sacrifice was the need to know why. The sacrifice was the need to know why. I am not smart enough to understand that. Beyond the fact that we live in a dead and dying world, beyond the fact that this world has been given over to the devil to rule for a time, beside the fact that sin and death are part of our world, that's about all I know. And it was only then when I realized that my sacrifice was to give up the need to know why that I could take the grief and put it into I'm not going there file and take the joy and start praising God again because I will see Carrie. And I think she's a girl. We'll find out, right? It's important to find out, isn't it? Because I need to know if her name ends in a Y or an I. We give praises to the God of hope in Yeshua's name. Amen. Would you please stand for the benediction? Oh, oh and one thing I forgot. The uh, last of the Sharing Yeshua classes uh, will be this afternoon after the Oneg Shabbat. Um, downstairs, all the way in the end of the hall in the small chapel on the right. May the Lord, may the Lord bless and keep you. May his grace and his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace and give you peace. Yivarecha Adonai v'yishmerecha Yair Adonai panave lecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panave lecha 
Viasem lecha shalom. Viasem lecha shalom. This is the way you shall be blessed. From day to day, he'll be your rest. This is the way you shall be blessed. From day to day, he is your rest. May the Lord, may the Lord bless and keep you. May his grace and his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, and give you peace. Please join us downstairs for the Oneg Shabbat after services. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Borei Perihagafen Amen Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam, hamotzi lechem min haaretz. Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. In the name of our Messiah we pray. Amen. Shabbat shalom.